Welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Crystal Guayco, and I will be your host for today. If you want more information about Miami Church or would love to get connected, email us at hello at mammychurch.com. Without further ado, here's the message. Enjoy! Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Nice. My microphone on. Rock and roll. Great to have you with us. Thanks for making it. If you are a visitor, I am too. I'm from New York, but I love Miami Church. Uh, I have a church. I'm the lead pastor of True North Community Church, like Greg said. But twice a year, I like to come down here, uh, hang with you guys. I love the city of Miami. I love this church. I love Greg and Whitney and their family. And it's just fun, 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 fun to be here. Excited, excited, excited to get to join you. Uh, today, we are in week two of the message series called No Offense, and we're going to be talking today about those people. Those people. Yeah. They're out there, those people. They think differently than you. They act differently than you. They drive differently than you. They vote differently than you, and they all think you're an idiot, those people. And you think they're an idiot, don't you? No matter who you are, no matter how, I mean, and you know, the midterm elections are coming up, yeah? So political stuff is getting roiled up again. We're all getting, you know, the social media streams are getting active. All the echo chambers are firing up. Everyone's kind of, you know, talking to each other because those people all stick together, don't they? No matter which way you vote, no matter which way you think, no matter what your mindset is, no matter how you operate on the world, in the world, there is a set of those people out there. And they talk to each other on social media, and they all agree with each other on social media, and they have these little echo chambers, and they bounce off of each other, and they just go, 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 go. And you read this stuff, and you're like, these people are idiots. I don't know who they are. I don't know how they think that way, but I don't know how how they could think that way. And and, and it kind of ticks us off a little bit, doesn't it? Anybody got got of those people in, in mind? Oh, really? No one? Wow. Your church is full of holy people, Greg. My My work here is done. Yeah, no, no, I'm not buying it. You know, you either raised your hand or you're lazy, right? You know what I'm talking about. You, you, everybody here has a, okay, let me ask the question so it'll uh, put a fine point on it for you. Who is the person or people group that you hope never shows up to Miami church? Is there a person or a people group that you're thinking, yeah, I'd rather those people not come here. I'd rather those people not show up. I don't think I want those people around. I kind of like us. We got a nice us thing. Like these are my people and those are those people. And I kind of like being with my people and those people can just, like anybody like that come to mind? Or maybe it's just a person, yeah? Is there one person? Don't want that dude at church. No, you're all holy. You want everyone to come to Jesus. I ain't buying it. There's always somebody or some, a person or a people group that we're a little at odds with. Those people don't think the way you think. Those people don't operate the way you operate. They see the world through different lenses. And it's easy, today especially, like, is it just me or have have we come to a place where being offended is almost like a virtue? Being offended is like, it's like what's expected of you, yeah? But here's the deal. If you're going to follow Jesus, and this is for you if you're new, yeah? If today's your first day at Miami Church, or if you've never been here before, or you're just not sure about faith, not sure about 
Christianity or you're new to the whole thing, this will help you figure out whether or not you want to be a part of this crazy thing. If you're going to follow Jesus, you are called to love those people. Love them. Not just tolerate them. Not just allow them to exist. Not just, you know, kind of deal with them and absorb their, like, their, their stuff. You, you, you're called to actually love them. Love them. And that's, that's a radical thing. If you're angry at somebody or you don't agree with somebody or somebody's, you got some, anybody got, got somebody in your life that just knows how to push your buttons? Yeah? Holidays are coming. Get ready. There's somebody in your life that knows how to push your buttons, and it's hard. It is difficult to love those people. But as we look to the New Testament, what do we see? We see Jesus, the one we're called to follow, loving those people. So if you've been around church before, you've been hanging around church, maybe you've, uh, you've heard of the Apostle Matthew. Yeah, anybody heard of Matthew? Nobody. Okay. I'm never coming back. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, Matthew was one of Jesus' 12. Maybe you didn't know him by his, early, his uh, previous name, Levi, when he was a tax collector. Now, uh, it, it may, you know, uh, may, may or may not surprise you to, to learn that tax collectors were despised. Like, there's no way to, to break down for us how hated a people group tax collectors were. There is no people group on the planet today that were as loathsome, as, as, as utterly despised as tax collectors were to Jewish people in the first century. If you, saw, if you were a Jewish person in the first century and you saw a tax collector coming towards you, you would spit on the ground, you might spit at them, you'd curse at them. Like, this is somebody, instantly the sight of them would enrage you because tax collectors were Jewish people that had gotten a license from the Roman government to collect taxes. And, and for the convenience of getting to pay your tax in that city, a tax collector could add any surcharge they wanted to. And usually a tax collector would figure out what it would cost you to go all the way to Rome to pay your taxes and charge you just a little bit less than that. Tax collectors were rich and they were hated. And so it was kind of a big deal when, when Jesus is walking by Levi's tax collection booth and he looks at me and says, you, I want you to follow me. I want you to be one of mine. Join the inner circle. The other followers of Jesus were like, no, no way, man. No way. Do you want this guy as part of your thing? This is going to discredit your whole operation. You don't want a tax collector as part of your inner circle. People are going to say terrible things about you. Levi was psyched. Matthew was like, awesome. Now I'm going to have some friends. Dude didn't have any friends except other tax collectors. Oh, great. I'm going to join the thing. Perfect. I'm having a party. First thing Matthew does is throw a party. And Matthew's got a big house. Big. He's rich, dude. Big house. Best food. Best wine. I mean, he throws a bash. Invites everybody and invites Jesus and his disciples. And everybody's wondering, is he going to go? Is he going to show up? Because in the first century, like even now, you're not likely to have a meal with somebody you don't like. But like in the first century, if you had table fellowship with somebody, if you sat across the table and had a meal with somebody, it was like an affirmation of them. It was like, I'm, I'm accepting you and you're my people and I'm your people. And, and you, you know, it was a big deal. So everyone was watching whether Jesus would go. And Jesus shows up at the party, and he, he, he goes to Matthew's house, 
technically rendering himself ceremonially unclean for the moment. And he enters Matthew's house, and the Pharisees, the, the, the in crowd, okay, and understand this, you've got to get this part. If you, don't, if you don't catch anything else, catch this. There was an inner circle for, for the religious movement in that day. The temple leaders had opinions about these things. The good people, the holy people, the professional holy men had opinions about this. They were the insiders, and they looked at Matthew as those people. So Jesus goes and hangs out with those people, and literally, in the New Testament, one of these guys pulls a couple of disciples aside, and he goes, help me understand, you're rabbi. In the New Testament, why does he eat with such scum? Why is he with those people? Jesus' model to us is that we are called to love those people. Not just tolerate, not just endure, but to actually love them. But that's not easy for us because we find ourselves from time to time frustrated and angry and offended. Yes? From time to time, you're going to get frustrated, you're going to get angry, you're going to get offended. That's part of life. It's kind of part of the deal, yeah? Can't help it. It's part of the story. You're going to get offended. You're going to get angry. So what do we do with that? When there are people out there that push our buttons, when there are people out there that, 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 call, that, that trigger us a little bit. Anybody ever feel triggered? <laughs> every, every, yeah, with you, with you. This is from the book of Ephesians chapter 4. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Okay, so the start, the start of this verse is very important to me, reassures me a little bit. It says, in your anger, do not sin. It doesn't say it's a sin to be angry. That makes me feel a little better because sometimes I get angry, yeah? And sometimes it's okay to get angry. Sometimes anger is appropriate. If there is an injustice being done, anger is right, yeah? Wonderful things in the world have happened because people got angry at injustice and decided no more. So, anger, though, could lead to something if, you're, if it's not checked. It says, in your anger, don't sin. That anger might push you to something. That anger might lead you to something. you got to keep it in check. And the next thing it says is, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, settle it now. Settle it today. Talk to the person that you're ticked at. Go to them. Have a conversation. Have the conversation. Don't just talk about them. Don't just get on social media and, 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 and type out thinly veiled reference to them that everybody knows is aimed at them but doesn't actually name them so you can claim plausible deniability. Did you follow that? Did that run by you too quick? Yeah. I'll type something about you on social media, not name you, but everybody knows it's about you and you know it's... Don't just... You have to figure out how to not play that game. That's not how Jesus operated. 
So we're called, what are we called to do? To actually go to the person. Now, whether you want to take this literally, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Well, what if I get angry like right at sunset, right before the sun goes down, and then I only have a minute. Don't do that, okay? Take it literally. Okay, but what the, you want to take the principle, which is do it the same day. Don't let a day go by, yeah? Don't let a day go by while you're still ticked. Go, if somebody makes you angry, that's okay. That happens. That's going to happen. But what we need to do with that is, is, is confront it. Talk, and this is one thing, like, New Yorkers are messed up, but we're good at confrontation. It's okay to go to somebody and say, hey, that made me angry, that thing that you said. I'm angry with you right now. I'm ticked. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy about this. I want to talk this out. Let's clear the decks. Let's hash this out for a minute. You go to the person directly. You talk to the person directly. You do not do this via text. You don't do this via text. You know why? You know why. Just don't do it via text. Because tone of voice is important. Because it's important for you to be eye to eye with the person. That person that offended you, that person that angered you, that group, person or people group of those people were made in God's image. They're image bearers. Even though they push your buttons, even though they tick you off, even though they make you angry, they're image bearers. You're called to love them, not just tolerate them. Let me say it differently. Being offended is inevitable. Living offended is a choice. Being offended is inevitable. You're going to be offended. Someone's going to offend you. It probably already happened today. Someone's going to offend you. But you don't have to live offended. You can let it go. You can, you can let it roll off your back. Or if it's important enough to you, you can talk to the person, confront the person, and clear the decks. In your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up. that it may benefit those who listen. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. This offense thing, when, you, when offense comes your way, you can decide what to do with it. Did you know? You can decide what to do with it. It's up to you whether or not you want to take offense at something. Sometimes offense is offered. What do you do? If somebody does something that could tick you off, you say, hey, I take offense at that. Yeah? That's what you say. I take offense at that. If somebody says something that might have hurt your feelings, but they didn't intend to, they'll say, no offense. And if you weren't offended, you'll say, none taken. None taken. Offense can be offered. It doesn't always have to be taken. Don't pick it up. Leave it there. Somebody tries to offend you, that person's trying to push your buttons, they're trying to bring offense. It's okay, leave it. You don't have to pick it up. Being offended from time to time is inevitable. Living offended is a choice. And you're called now, with the offense, to return love. That ain't easy when somebody's pushing your buttons to return love. But that's what we're called to. And then it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. 
This is hard because once you get offended, arguments start. And once arguments start, we sometimes don't play fair. Anybody here ever been in an argument with somebody who wasn't playing fair? Don't point. It's not nice. But, you know. Yeah. So what does that mean? Let's say there's been an offense and you're, now you're at odds with somebody. Well, for starters, don't call people names. Particularly if this is a loved one, don't call people names. Check your tone. Don't raise your voice. Don't get historical. Know what I mean by historical? Not hysterical, historical. Don't get historical. You all know what I mean by that, right? You're having an argument in the here and now, and I'm mad at you because of this, and I'm mad at you because of this, and all of a sudden I feel like myself, I feel like maybe I'm losing some ground in the argument, and maybe things aren't going my way. Watch this. Back to 1998. Shling! Remember that thing you did? I remember that thing you did. Don't get historical. Don't dredge the past back up. And never, ever, ever quote your pastor in an argument. Don't quote Greg in an argument. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgive one another. Offer forgiveness. Keep short accounts with each other. That bitterness, remember, did you catch the part where it said, don't give the devil a foothold? You remember that? What is that? It's like a leg up. In your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Anger gives a foothold to the devil. So what's a foothold? It's like you were a kid, you ever try to climb a fence or get up on top of something and you couldn't and you're like, hey, give me a boost. Somebody does this for you. That's a foothold. Don't give the devil a leg up. I know some of you are like, ah, the devil, you know. Don't know if I believe in all that stuff. Dude of red pajamas, I'm not feeling, I get it, I understand. But you understand that evil exists, Yes. I mean, I think one of the most compelling arguments for the existence of God is the clear existence of evil in the world. You've seen it externally and you've seen it in yourself. Don't give that thing a leg up. Don't say, hey, let's go. I'm going to help you. You need to talk to that and go, you want to get on top of me? You're going to have to work, buddy. I'm not going to help you. I'm not helping you get up on top of me. I want you off of me. Don't give the devil a foothold. That anger, that's that's what this does. We're called... To forgive. I'm not saying that's easy. And sometimes, all right, let me just be real careful here because sometimes what needs to be forgiven is deep. Like some of you have been the victim of abuse. I didn't hit this in the first service, but I'm just going to riff for a minute. Some of you were abused or have been through something terrible. Some of you have been through something awful and you need to forgive somebody, but that's not the kind of thing that happens in the course of a day. Like, you can try, but sometimes that needs therapy, yeah? Sometimes that needs long-term healing. And that's okay if you're moving through the process. This, isn't, this verse isn't specifically talking about that situation. This verse is talking about those people, those people who push your buttons. I have a friend who's one of those people, a buddy of mine. He's always right. Never lost an argument in his whole life. It's amazing. And he's sure about everything. The way he votes is the right way to vote. The way he thinks is the right way to think. The way he operates is the only way to operate. And anybody that doesn't think like him, vote like him, and operate like him is demonstrably an idiot. 
I can't believe those people think that way. Those people, I can't believe they think that way. I can't believe they operate like that. I can't believe they vote like that. Those people are idiots. I don't know why anybody would take those people seriously. Those people don't deserve to vote. They shouldn't be allowed to vote. He's three steps away from saying these people don't deserve to exist. You see where this goes? He's my friend, but that's who he is. And some of you are wondering, oh, you're worried that he'll see this sermon and, and recognize himself? Nope. No, but he could listen to this whole sermon and he'll just think I'm talking about somebody else. He'll never see this in himself. Which made me go, oh, crap. Can I say crap? Okay. If you got offended, don't email me. Email Greg. Um, it made me go, whoa, if, if he can't see it in himself, what if I'm one of those people? And that was a scary thought for a minute. I mean, if you don't know that you're one of those people, if he doesn't know that he's one of those people, if he thinks everybody else is one of those people, then what if I think everybody else is one of those people and I actually am? All right, follow that. Listen to this from Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God. Search me. I want you to look in every room of this house. I'm going to open up the whole house. All the closets, all the crawl spaces, the attic, the basement, the garage, all of it. I want you to see every bit of it. I want you to have access to every little part of me. And if there's anything hiding in a corner, if there's anything in a closet, anything stuffed under the bed, any malice or bitterness or rage or any of that stuff that's in there, I want you to see it and I want you to burn it out of me. I want it gone. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. And if there be any wicked way within me, pull me unto the rock everlasting. Pull me unto you. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to think like that. And I want to have, this is, this, is, this is David praying. I want to have humility enough. Help me, God, to have humility enough to seek this. I want to know if I'm doing wrong. I want to be convicted if I'm walking the earth not reflecting you. Not an easy thing to say, but that's what we're called to. To acknowledge that as we identify those people, that we ourselves might be one of them. That we ourselves have issues, struggles, things we need to deal with and that we need forgiveness for. You're going to interact with those people. They're out there. You'll see them on the road. You'll see them at school. You'll see them at work. You'll see them in your family. You can't help that. Being offended is inevitable. Living offended is a choice. Choose wisely. Choose to forgive. Choose to seek to understand before you insist on being understood. And that might mean, hey, let's get a coffee. Let's you and me talk. I don't like the way you think. I think the way you think is stupid, but I think you're a smart person. Help me understand why a smart person like you would think a dumb thing like that. Try that and open the conversation, and then just listen. You follow me? Listen, 
and we will start to reflect Jesus to the world around us. Imagine that as the midterm elections approach. Imagine that as, as we come into this new season. If, if not just the body of Christ, but if everybody just started going, hey, let's, let's love one another instead of judging. Let's, let's start embracing each other's differences instead of insisting that we're right and you're wrong. And in doing so, we become just a little bit more like Jesus, and I think that's kind of the goal, yeah? Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at miamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.